Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Now it's time for Inside the Clubhouse, a show dedicated to the Chicago baseball fan, featuring the best Chicago baseball conversation as well as the big MLB topics, along with the biggest names, greatest guests, and listener interaction. Starring Score Baseball Insider Bruce Levine and Matt Spiegel. It all starts right here, right now on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. Chicago Sports Station, presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Hey, good January morning to you, baseball people. It is indeed inside the clubhouse right here on 670 The Score. I'm Matt Spiegel along with Bruce Levine and a very fun, action-packed, long show, bonus show today, Bruce, up until 1130 when an NFL triple header will take place. I I like um, leading into NFL triple headers with awesome baseball talk for two and a half hours. How about you? Uh, I enjoy the NFL very much, but uh, I'm really looking forward to talking a lot of baseball these next two and a half hours as we have some great guests for uh, people today. Marco Patti, who is the top international person for the Chicago White Sox, will hopefully talk to us about uh, some of the key members that they're looking to add to the Chicago White Sox organization. Uh, Yoki Cespedes, the brother of the great Jonas Suspedes will be among the topics uh, scheduled to join the White Sox this week. A couple reports have him uh, at signing for $2 million with the White Sox, the top international prospect out there. Top of the 10 o'clock hour, Tom Pichorek, our good friend, former White Sox broadcaster, great player for many years in baseball, and a good friend of Tommy Lasorda's will talk to us a little bit about Tommy, his life and times after Tommy passed away uh, yesterday at age 93. And at uh, 1030, we will have Tim Mead, the president of the Baseball Hall of Fame, joining us to talk about um, some additions, some losses, and uh, the voting coming up in just about uh, 10 days for the new uh, Hall of Fame inductees, if there are any. Uh, the vote will be announced toward the end of January. So a lot to be done today and a lot of fun. Looking forward to joining us, if you will, at 312-644-6767. Matt will read uh, any of your text on that same line as well. Absolutely. Looking forward to it uh, very much with the guests and a lot of stuff to, to break down that you and I can discuss here uh, in, in the first segment, um, Chris Bryant trade rumors on the heel of the Francisco Lindor deal 
and a new hiring uh, in the Cubs uh, broadcast booth. But I, I'd, I would love to get your thoughts on the Lindor trade um, first real quick here, Bruce, because it kind of rocked the baseball world a little bit. Um, very similar to the Mookie Betts deal in terms of a team deciding they're not going to traffic in those kind of uh, big money places. It's more expected when it's Cleveland, but still kind of kind of sad, or at least speaking to the inequities in the game. Um, and and what do you think of, uh, of, of the group of prospects that came back, uh, players, two shortstops who the Mets don't need anymore, um, and a little bit more coming from the Mets to the Indians for Francisco Lindor? Well, I like to trade for both teams. Uh, the Mets are obviously trying to win a World Series right away. Uh, and uh, the prospects are all good ones. They got uh, two pitchers that are ninth and 10th in the Cubs, in the Mets organization uh, that Indians will continue to stockpile. And that, that's the strength of the Cleveland Indians. Don't, don't forget it. I mean, with Carrasco going, that's a top pitcher, but he's had his injury-plagued seasons recently and um, coming up on a contract only a couple of years left. So um, I like it a lot for the Mets in their perspective. And I like it for Cleveland as well. They got two good shortstops. Uh, one is uh, already, you know, ready to, uh, ready to uh, compete on a daily basis and has been. And, uh, you know, again, they, a mid-market, small-market team like Cleveland is not going to be able to satisfy the needs for Francisco Lindor. That's just the, the nature of the game, especially with the revenues being untold at this point, Matt. The, the reality that um, we don't know uh, how many uh, fans will be in the stands, what the revenues are going to be like, what the players are going to be paid. It's uh, January the 9th. Spring training is supposed to start February 17th. We don't have any rules in place. So with, with all that said, um, mm-hmm. uh, this is, this is a, a small market trade. And Cleveland uh, should not be second-guessed for this because they've been able to make trades like this work uh, for the entire last six or seven years uh, during the Terry Francona period as a manager. And uh, Chris Andonetti has done a fantastic job as a general manager of keeping that team going uh, in a, uh, in a, with a budget that is certainly constrained and controlled. It, it's, I understand why they're doing it, of course, but it's, it's especially interesting to me on an NFL wildcard weekend where that, that sport and that league, you've got the biggest stars in the game in places like Kansas City, Buffalo, Green Bay, and they can mm-hmm. stay there for a long, long time. And because baseball doesn't have the same kind of national TV money, the same kind of revenue sharing, then we all knew that, that this kind of deal was, was inevitable. And, and I've, I've always felt that that's sad. I, it, it, you know, you can be very good at it, as the Tampa Rays have proven to be extremely lean and efficient and constantly getting younger and cheaper. And you're right, the Indians are really good at it. But, man, Lindor is their guy who they drafted, developed, and, and grew into a superstar, loves that town, loves being there. And it's just, it's too bad he can't stay. It's too bad he can't stay. And Cleveland had to it, do the it best is. It is, but that's where the term revenue sharing came up with. That, that's why there is revenue sharing in uh, baseball, because uh, teams like Cleveland, uh, teams like uh, Kansas City, smaller market clubs like Pittsburgh, they all rely on uh, the other teams bailing them out because, as you said, the revenue stream is probably about 90% in the NFL combined revenues shared. 
okay? Where in baseball, you have the national package, but a tremendous amount of your money comes from how you do locally, how, how many tickets you sell, what's your local TV package and radio package like. So mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's a different animal when you're talking about, you know, 18 games compared to 162. It just it, do, it doesn't work in baseball, any type of national revenue sharing other than for the big events. It, it is unfortunate. You know, you love to keep your players as long as you can. But again, that's the nature of the game. And and Cleveland has done it as well or better than anybody over the past couple decades of um, keeping what stars they can, trading the ones that they can't, and staying uh, on top. Uh, Tampa and Cleveland are probably your two best teams in baseball in handling all that. Yeah, and, and they've had a tremendous pitching development department and a tremendous run of successes there. So, I mean, a guy like Carrasco is so good, but they've got, they've got a ton of young arms um, who they can promote and continue. So, so Steve Cohen announces his financial presence with, with that because I think everybody knows they'll try to work on an extension like, uh, like the Dodgers did <clears throat> with Mookie Betts. And now we get Chris Bryant trade rumors to the Mets. Uh, this is developing into a situation I dreamed of earlier in the offseason of multiple teams in that same division, hopefully in go-for-it mode with the ability to take on deals. What can you tell us about possible Chris Bryant to the Mets trade rumors we've, we've heard uh, rumblings of this week? Well, you know, you know, the reports out of there by Mike Puma, who works for The Post in New York, uh, basically uh, stated that uh, there have been some conversations. Uh, Sandy Alderson and, and the conversations are around a young catcher that the Mets have that's considered their number two prospect. Sandy Alderson, the acting uh, president slash general manager of the Mets right now, um, said we're not trading our top prospects. So that kind of puts some cold water on the rumor by Puma. Nonetheless, uh, conversations about Bryant and with many teams, including the uh, National League East, which is the hotbed of rumors right now with Washington having come up uh, two or three weeks ago with Bryant and now uh, the Mets, will continue to happen uh, because that's going to be the most competitive uh, team or division in baseball for talent. Uh, going up to opening day. Um, you know, the central division of the um, National League is, what term would you use for that other than boring right now? Um, backsliding, um, vaguely competitive, um, middling. I'm not sure. It's just uh, nobody's really kind of going for it, at least in terms of, of the financial realities of it. I think there are still some... There's lots of talent, but there's a whole bunch of teams that could win anywhere between 80 and 86 games, something like that. Yeah, especially because they're going to be competing against each other. Against each that, other. The, that keeps it going. I mean, we talk about the divisions won last year. You give, you give the Cubs credit for winning their division, but uh, it, was, it was a mediocre division, even though four teams made it to the playoffs out of the National League Central. Um, you know, it, it was mediocre, and uh, the more talented teams are, you know, Atlanta and San Diego and Los Angeles, and now the Mets. Uh, so I, I, can, I, I guess we'll continue to see that trend this year. That doesn't mean that the Cubs can't have a good team and uh, be competitive and entertaining. I'm sure they will be, but uh, it's going to be a little different 
as to who those people are going to be doing the competing and entertaining for the Cubs this year. Let's talk about who might come back in potential Bryant deals um, in that division. There was talk with the Braves last year centered around Austin Riley, their young third baseman. Mm -hmm. I think they like him more now than they did a year ago in Atlanta, so they might be comfortable staying there. Um, and there's uh, and then in Philly, there's been some conversation about Philly, but they've got Alec Bohm, a young third baseman. Yeah, he came that, on really strong at the end of last year. Yeah. So, so why would you why would you venture out eighteen million dollars for a guy you only have uh, for one year uh, when you have developing young third baseman in your own organization? I mean, it doesn't, uh, I, doesn't make a heck of a lot of sense. Yeah, no, I, I hear you. And even the, even the Braves, while they're, they're going for it and they're going to lose Marcelo Zuna, I mean, I wonder if the Braves might still be interested. Um, it, it, there's a potential there. But the Nationals we've heard about with their uh, void at third after Anthony Rendon because Carter Keboom didn't really do a whole lot um, to impress them, given his shot. And then the Mets, I look around at the Mets on the, on the big league depth chart, Bruce, and they've got guys at every position that Bryant might play, whether it's J.D. Davis, the 27-year-old former Astro, or Dominic Smith, who's an important part of that Mets team, Michael Conforto in the outfield. You think one of those guys would, would come back as, as part of a, a Bryant package? It would because, you know, is this deal driven by the Cubs if indeed they're going to trade Bryant? because of their lack of contract control, money currently, or uh, being able to get the best talent available regardless. Uh, those are the things that you have to answer when you're talking about uh, Chris Bryant here. So I would say definitely the clock is ticking that he is out of here after 2021. So therefore it's incumbent upon Jed Hoyer to trade him and get the most uh, talent for him. But Here's when you're gauging it, Matt, you have to gauge by, well, this team is now offering us something for him. Is that what you want? Or are you willing to hold on to him and trade him at the more a more opportune time when people start losing people uh, via injury, which always happens? And, uh, you know, Brian gets off to a hot start. He helps you win or at the trading deadline in July, if you're not there. Uh, he goes somewhere else and brings you back even more talent than he would right now. Mm -hmm. So it is a uh, it is a, a a game that Hoyer and his people have to play right now and figure out what's the best to do with him. Is it dumping the eighteen million dollars now, getting what you can, or being more stealth about it and waiting for these injuries that always occur or needs that always occur for teams in uh, late July or does he become the most important player on your team driving for a division title in 2021? These are all very difficult uh, questions to answer as to which way you want to go. Yeah, it's interesting. And when you think about the return, they got so many very young players and none of them pitchers in terms of the prospects from the Padres and the Darvish deal. You'd like to think that they could get an arm or two in a possible Bryant trade. Yeah, nothing wrong with winning with Chris Bryant this year, is there? I mean, look, uh, you know, you're, you're going to get compensation for him uh, via the draft if he signs somewhere else. Mm. He helps you win another division this year. Or uh, the, uh, the feeling and the, there's changes in uh, the feeling of the uh, ownership and executives with the Cubs. And there's a long-term contract offer. There's so many directions 
that you can go with this. It's uh, 670 the score. It's inside the clubhouse. A couple more minutes here, and then we'll take a break and, uh, and talk to Marco Patti, the director of international scouting and a, uh, a, a senior assistant to the vice, to the, to the general manager. What is the actual title for Marco Patti? I have it here. He's, his title is he's real good at finding international <laughs> talent for that's, the White Sox. Yeah, that's on the business card for sure. Yeah. Um, big hire for the Marquee Sports Network. They aimed at the very top of the play-by-play market and got John Boog Shambi, a terrific broadcaster um, from the Marlins and then the Braves for a little while. But a lot of people know him, of course, from uh, ESPN and their, their, their TV package, Sunday Night Baseball on the radio, World Series on the radio. And, and Boog Shambi spoke to the media this week, also spoke to me and Danny Parkins on the score. But, uh, but when he spoke to the media... He talked about how it's uh, it's not just it's not just a local job; it's the Cubs' job that he would leave New York and augment and change his life for. This job's special. That's really what it what it comes down to. It's not as simple as this. Isn't hey now you're going back to do an everyday job? No, I'm going back to do the Cubs. That's the the whole thing with this one. So, and I still yeah, I'll still do a radio game here or there on a Sunday night. Uh, for for ESPN and and some playoffs and some college basketball in the in the postseason, but I'm a Cubs broadcaster and the Cubs will, you know, my I will navigate my schedule and the Cubs will be the priority and you know they will they will set what I'm going to do. Pretty pretty amazing that um, that that Boog would jump shows you the quality of of the job. The quality of the town, and as he said, uh, he wants to be w- with baseball where it matters, and it matters on the north side of Chicago. He said, "Right, and uh, you know, again, this is a. I, I know you know Boog. I, I know him well for the last fifteen or seventeen years. He's going to be a, a tremendous addition. Uh, you know, everybody's going to miss Len, and he'll be doing great on the south side of Chicago, doing radio every day, but." Um, Shambi, they're going to warm up to him really fast because he's a hard worker. And he one thing that uh, is really important to John, and he mentioned it in the uh, in the Zoom with uh, some of us reporters as well. Having fun is uh, is number one after all the hard work and the communication he does with his partner on the air, having a good time. And, and he has it easily because. He is part entertainer as well as a terrific broadcaster. Yeah, and I, I, I spoke about this with him uh, on the air and, and off the air a little bit, Bruce. It's like he does, he's a national guy who's never had the feel of a national guy. It feels, feels like a local guy and just that it's a little, it's a little more real, a little more natural, and he's, he's, he's just very, very good at his, uh, his job and should be, should be a lot of fun with Jim Deshays. It is inside the clubhouse right here on 670 The Score. Next hour, a couple of guests, uh, Tim Mead, the president of Baseball's Hall of Fame, and Tom Pachorek, Wimpy, talking about his friend, the late Tommy Lasorda. But when we come back, uh, right, joining us here on The Score will be a special assistant to the senior vice president, general manager, Marco Patti, head of international scouting for the White Sox. That's next right here on The Score. This is Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, Chicago Sports Station. We're back with more Inside the Clubhouse with Bruce Levine and Matt Spiegel on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, Chicago Sports Station. It is indeed Inside the Clubhouse right here on 670 The Score. I'm Matt Spiegel. He is Bruce Levine. 
And exciting off-season for the Chicago White Sox and a nice opportunity to talk to our next guest right here who joins us on the Alpamonte Nissan Hotline. Uh, check out Alpamonte Nissan in, um, and also APNissan.com. Bruce? And uh, we are pleased to bring in the special assistant to the general manager for international operations. Marco Patti joins us on Inside the Clubhouse. Marco, Happy New Year to you. I hope you're safe and well as your family is, and thanks for joining us today. I guess we should jump to this week. Uh, it's an important week for every team, especially, especially for international signings. January 15th begins uh, the period where teams can uh, announce their signings of international uh, free agents. Um, obviously, there's been a lot of discussion about Yolki Sispedis and the Chicago White Sox. I don't expect you to confirm or deny that, Marco, because it's mm. not fair to you or the White Sox to put you on this spot. The only thing I will ask you at this point is if you can tell us a little bit about the tool set of a kid like Yolki Sispedis and uh, what you've seen uh, from him developing over these years at age 23. Sure. Uh, um you know, he's a uh, very good athlete, you know, and um, he's got ability to be a natural center fielder uh, and um, can really play some defense. He's a plus runner. He's got an extremely strong arm, plus plus arm, and um, he's a smart hitter. Um, obviously, since he's been here in the States, he's uh, worked extremely hard to develop uh, some extra power, um, you know, as, as most Cuban players don't don't lift weights in, in Cuba. So once he got here, he got uh, uh, started working extremely hard. And, you know, he's, he's shown some um, some plus power. So he's a very interesting guy that can play all three outfield spots, uh, left field, center field, right field. Um, so uh, he's, a, he's a very interesting player, plus runner that can do something on the basis and uh, is a disciplined hitter too. So he's an interesting player. And, uh, you know, with, with the same kind of question about, uh, about Vera, the, the pitcher who is rumored to be coming here. But just if you could talk about him as, as a prospect. I saw in the top 15 of MLB uh, Pipeline's international class, a 20-year-old pitcher, uh, Norge Vera. Yeah, Norge, Norge comes from a very unique background because his dad was a, one of the best pitchers in Cuban history. And, um, you know, very good arm seen him since he was uh, 16 years old also um you know six four you know his fastball i've seen it anywhere between the 95 and 97 mile hour range um you know plus breaking ball plus slider uh, extremely good feel for the changeup. it's got a great body great uh, ability to locate and pitch and strong feel for the strike zone he projects as a starter in the major leagues uh, Marco, getting back to Suspedes, um, how are you able to uh, be able to talk much to him about um, how he fits in, what his objectives are, and uh, what his makeup is all about, which is so important uh, for any player, but probably more more especially for bringing in an international player uh, uh, into your team, into your city? 
short. Uh, you know, over the years, I've been looking at Cespedes for the last five years or so. Every time the international Cuban national team goes out for international competition, you get a chance to see those guys. And even though you don't get a chance to interact a whole lot, you spend enough time at the ballpark or uh, in the hotel area where you see them and you see how they handle themselves. And every remark that we've gotten from anybody else that knows this kid has spent a lot of time with his, with him. It's been, it's been positive. And since he's the, his defection has been here uh, now over a year, we've been able to interact with him practices and workouts and, and private sessions where we have to sit down and talk. I have no questions about his makeup as a player. And he's just a guy that he understands that we are very heavily in the outfield, but uh, even though he has the ability to play uh, center field, he also has the ability to play right field or left field. So he's, he's the guy that wants to play, and wherever we feel he fits best, that's where he'll go. Marco Patti, our guest from the Chicago White Sox, special assistant to the general manager of international operations and basically the main man for the Chicago White Sox when it comes to international players. Marco, um, at 23, how major league ready is Suspedes, according to you and uh, the other people that you've talked to and uh, seen him? He's very advanced. He's very advanced. You know, he's he's been to the national team since he was 19 years of age, and and if you look at uh, the history of Cuban national teams, uh, those guys play a lot of international competition. Obviously, it's not a major league level, but the uh, the the, the uh, having the opportunity to play in the World Classic, having the opportunity to play in the Caribbean Series, you're playing with major league caliber type players against those players. So. Uh, from a baseball standpoint, he's ready. Um, he's got a lot of baseball experience. He's got a baseball IQ. is very high. He's very knowledgeable about the game. He knows how to play the game. He's one of those guys that uh, um, plays under control. So it's just a matter of getting used to the everyday grind of <clears throat> playing professional baseball here in the States. But from a baseball standpoint, he's, he's very close to being a major league player. Marco, uh, it, it's it's so well known the the power and the impact you and the White Sox have in Cuba, and it's remarkable. And it's got all of us looking at social media for clues when we see Luis Robert and Yasmani Grandal uh, and other guys on their Instagram talking about Oscar Colas and saying, "Hey, is this the next uh, the the next Cuban with the White Sox?" It's obviously intriguing. What um what what would be the possibility of adding? Um, uh, of adding a player like that if you do indeed end up adding players like the ones we've been discussing? Well, you know, the interesting part about this this operation is that we've been uh, given the support from Jerry and, and, and Kenny and Rick uh, to be aggressive and have the opportunity to sign uh, the better players in the market. So when one of those guys... Uh, uh, become uh, available, become free agent. We are always trying to do our best part to try to acquire any one of those guys that we feel are going to be contributed contributors to our major league club. Marco, uh, you directly uh, have helped the White Sox regain credibility in international markets, 
and across Major League Baseball because of your rep- your reputation and your hard work and uh, ability to bring players in. But more importantly, you had to start from zero uh, after the uh, Dave Wilder debacle and the way that uh, the White Sox really didn't even participate in international players from Latin America for a number of years until you came in. How difficult was that to start from zero and end up where you are now, whereas uh, uh, almost every Latin American country and, uh, and young player coming out uh, look to play for the Chicago White Sox? Yeah, well, the positive thing about starting from zero is that uh, I was allowed to uh, be able to steer this program or this operation uh, in the best way I thought I saw it fit, the best for the White Sox. So, um, you know, we, we kept everybody... And all the staff members that were that were still here, um, I was able to get uh, tremendous help from Doug Lauman, who who was our <clears throat> former scouting director uh, here domestically, and he helps me tremendously. Uh, seeing players, uh, international players, but uh, the unique part about it is um, we uh, we were able to shape everything in the way we thought it was best fit for the White Sox, and I think it's, it's been a great journey. It's it's really remarkable, and um, and people predicted it was going to get good, it was going to get strong, but it's in a great place. How how much when you're scouting um, a young player, how much is 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 makeup? And I'm wondering specifically of all the family connections, like when you see a little brother like Elijah Tatis or a little brother like Cespedes or you know a, a younger brother of of Eloy Jimenez, all, all, all these different guys. How can you tell which which younger brother or which son, like Norhe Vera, as you were saying, you were saying, is going to have the character and the makeup? How, how, how do you get inside these guys' heads and figure out who you can project to be solid MLB guys eventually? Well, yeah, you know that's, that's a very good question. You know, the I think that the the apple doesn't fall too far from the tree, and. When you when you get an opportunity to scout uh, Fernando Tatis or Elijah Tatis, and, and 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 players that that have major league background through their parents or their brothers or things of that nature, I think it makes it a lot easier for that player to understand the process. It makes it a lot easier for that young player to understand the, the different stages that he has to go through in the minor leagues in order to achieve their goal. But I think more importantly. Um, you already have with uh, that player already has somewhat of a background and what you have to do, not only on the field, but off the field to achieve a major league status. So um, for us, it's very important. And, you know, every year uh, we look at players from different backgrounds, absolutely. But, you know, if you find a player that has a major league background and has ability, that's a great combination. You know, I mean, we recently signed um, Randall Mondesi. He's the son of uh, uh, Raul Mondesi. And he's a young kid with a lot of power, uh, great makeup. And, uh, you know, he's going to start his career this year with us. And uh, so guys like that, they understand. They understand the clubhouse. They understand. uh, They have a better feel for understanding what the process is and what it needs to what they need to do from their end to to achieve their goal. 
Yeah, and, and aside from making all of us feel old when we hear about stuff like that, uh, and all, all these sons out there, it, it, it's, it's so interesting. What can you tell people about Elijah Tatis, who just turned 19, uh, Fernando's, uh, Fernando Jr.'s younger brother, and that Fernando turned out pretty well. Um, what can you tell us about Elijah and his possibilities? Elijah is um, a very high-energy young player, um, lots of ability, natural ability to play shortstop. Uh, you know, he's just, uh, he's like I said, he didn't fall too far from the tree. He's, he's not as tall as Fernando, but he's more agile, quicker. You know, he's got that speed, uh, quick speed, that quick first step. And uh, he's got ability to play shortstop. Uh, from a defensive standpoint, at the same age, he was uh, more polished than his brother was at shortstop. You know, it took Fernando a little bit of time to get adjusted to shortstop simply because of the height. Elijah says 5'11", almost six foot tall. So it's just a lot easier, more compact, a little quicker steps uh, at, at that position. But from that standpoint of uh, being able to stay there, he's got an excellent profile, and we feel he's got uh, the baseball IQ and the ability to to be an everyday shortstop. In closing with you, Marco and Matt, and I really appreciate your time today and your expertise. Um, what is the limit for Luis Robert? You were in the Atlanta organization. You saw a, uh, a future Hall of Famer and, and Andrew Jones come through and be one of the best players uh, defensively in the history of the game in center field. Where do you think Robert will go? We saw him this year. Um, it was off the chart, but how far do you think you can take him? Well, you know, Luis is um, is a kid that I remember seeing him for the first time. He was 15 years old. We were in Mexico in a tournament and in a world world classic or world tournament in Mexico. And you know, at that age, he showed you ability that a lot of kids his age didn't show. And obviously, he came through our system, and um, and he, he's done pretty well in the minor leagues. And his first year in the big leagues was last year. And I mean, this year, well, that last year now last year and uh, he's done extremely well. I think that, uh, you know, you know, his potential is depend, depends on how good he wants to be. You know, I, guys like Luis Robert defensively, you don't, you don't see those guys every day. And um, this is one of the things that when I met with Jerry, Kenny and Rick, and we talked about this situation initially, um, you know, we knew that there was an ability there that you don't see every day, especially in center field. So, I would say that, you know, he can be as good as he wants to be. I know he's dedicated. I know he's got good makeup. And he, he's got that, that, that drive that, you know, take guys to higher places. So uh, my best of luck to him. And, and hopefully he becomes the, the player that we all think he's going to be. Marco, thanks so much for your time. Uh, good luck. I, I know you'll be uh, in the picture again uh, very brightly on the 15th when – the White Sox hopefully sign a couple of these guys. Thanks again for joining us on Inside the Clubhouse. The best to you and hopefully uh, a good and healthy year for you and your family. Thanks again, Marco. Thank you very much, guys. I appreciate it. All Thank right. you, sir. That's Marco Patti. Marco Pata. Yes, sir. Yeah. I, you know, uh, Jose Abreu turned out pretty well, too. How about that? We talk about the guys that, that he has signed. 
Um, real good veterans, uh, good young players, interesting prospects, and we don't even mention the American League MVP. That's how many there have been for the White Sox under Marco Patti. Yeah, I mean, Marco did a lot with him, but uh, Kenny, Kenny Williams was the one who did uh, almost uh, the entire uh, scouting on, uh, on uh, Jose. Yeah, mm-hmm. he did. Uh, Marco was with him, but the say-so came from Kenny uh, talking, scouting him and telling Jerry uh, Reinsdorf, you know what? If it goes to uh, 65 or 70 million, he's worth it. Hmm. And uh, turned out to be pretty good. Yeah, when a guy turns on that good, it turns out that good. It makes asking uh, the owner for money easier. The next, the next couple of times. Hey, remember when we were right about this? Um, enjoyed that very much. Uh, he's Bruce Levine and Matt Spiegel. It's inside the clubhouse. Top of the hour. Tom Pachorek on his friend, the late Tommy Lasorda. Keep it right here on the score. All the way through 1130 for this show. And then an NFL football triple header right here on the score all day after that. This is Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. Chicago Sports Station. We're back with more Inside the Clubhouse with Bruce Levine and Matt Spiegel on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, Chicago's sports station. Well, some breaking news right here on The Score, and that is that Kyle Schwarber has signed a one-year deal with the Washington Nationals. Breaking news on the score is brought to you by Mercedes-Benz Vans. Find out how far an extra mile really goes. Pending the physical, the 27-year-old Kyle Schwarber will probably play left field for the Nationals. They used Juan Soto quite a bit in right field in September, Bruce Levine, and Soto played right field in the minors as well. So, uh, interesting. Uh, your sourcing for this is, Matt? Uh, Jesse Doherty, uh, Nationals beat writer on Twitter, uh-huh. and that was followed now by Britt Garoli. And several others. Um, and so now uh, a lot of folks um, now tweeting about it and confirming. So Kyle Schwarber to the Nationals is what it looks like for a one-year deal at 27. That's, uh, you know, that's not surprising. It also um, also gives uh, them another big bat that they're looking for. You heard the discussions about the Cubs with uh, the Nationals, uh, according to Davey Martinez, not according to uh, Hmm. the president of baseball operations, Mike Rizzo, that uh, the conversations were happening right around early December uh, for Chris Bryant. Uh, Now, uh, with Schwarber signing there, that uh, satisfies some of their uh, the power outage that they had last year. But it won't won't necessarily stop Mike uh, now from getting even more. And, you know, we've heard rumors about him being in on JT Real Muto uh, and uh, that situation there with Philadelphia and other teams uh, looking for the best uh, hitting catcher in the game. So from all of that, uh, not surprising to me yourself. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because, um, you know, Davey obviously knows Kyle very, very well. So that's a comfortable uh, thing. And it leaves them open for spending at third base. That that that's for sure, whether that is in trade for a guy like Bryant or whether it's signing a a pure free agent that's out there. And Juan Soto gets some protection. It's got Josh Bell now and Kyle Schwarber uh, there to help protect Juan Soto in a a very much go-for-it mode Washington Nationals right here. That doesn't close the book for them on on Bryant at all. 
from my perspective. No. As, as a matter of fact, what you just pointed out is accurate uh, beyond your words, and that is is that uh, the National League East is being pushed by each team now yep. uh, with the Mets move. Uh, this is an important move for Washington. Philadelphia is on the brink of maybe bringing back Real Muto for money that they didn't necessarily want to spend uh, for a catcher for four or five years at age 31, although he is considered the top catcher in the game. So there's a tremendous uh, pressure to keep one upping uh, each other and making the teams more viable to win that very competitive division. Uh, that just may enhance the uh, ability of the Cubs to uh, move Brian if they so wish to another National League East team. Yeah, that's and so now you got an arms race happening. Got an arms race happening between the Mets and the Nats as they go for it. And free agent third baseman include Justin Turner, Marwin Gonzalez, depending on uh, what kind of handedness they want to go with. And, uh, you know, that, that Dodgers-Justin Turner thing is real interesting and worth following, too, because a lot of us thought he was going to go back there, and if he doesn't, then are the Dodgers players for Chris Bryant? It uh, could be very, very interesting. The life and exciting times of one of the most enigmatic uh, managers and baseball personalities of our generation or any, Tommy Lasorda, will be discussed by our good friend Tom Pashorek when we come back from break. Uh, we'd hope you'll enjoy uh, talking to, uh, hearing from Tommy. And we are, uh, you're able to contact us at 312-644-6767. Text Matt at the same number. That is the Score Listener line powered by BetQL. Bet smarter and beat the books. Download the BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. We'll have some time at around 11 o'clock also to, to talk about Schwarber and kind of put a bow on his Cubs career, which is now over. 670, the score is where you are. It's inside the clubhouse. Keep it here. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. 